Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Today we are talking dynasty fantasy basketball. Who are the biggest rises and falls after the first three weeks of the season? We're going to talk about it. Let's go! Talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we're going to be going through some dynasty ranking adjustments. Uh, I planned to do this in yesterday's show, but rambled on a bit too long about my industry pickup league uh, and discussions over there. So I decided to split that one in half and make a separate video. So it's a little bit more digestible. Uh, so releasing this a day later than I had planned, but in dynasty, it's not as time. Um, dependent, I guess. So another day later, that's all right. If you haven't already, go over and check out ballboysmba.com to get my Dynasty rankings. If you are a Platinum subscriber, you can go and check those ones out. I've done a lot of rankings adjustments. I, again, as I talked about last video, which I then didn't speak about in the video, um, I like to do my dynasty adjustments a little bit less frequently than my redraft because, again, we're thinking big picture. We're thinking what's going to happen over the next three to five to six years. So I don't want to be as reactionary, but there is obviously a lot of information that comes, especially at the start of the season, which um, you know players may be ahead of schedule, behind schedule, the breakouts. Sometimes it is obvious to see, okay, this just isn't going to be happening this year. Um, and that can, that can move some things around. So this is maybe one of the bigger adjustments that we're going to make, at least until maybe the trade deadline. And a lot of times when, when players change teams and their situation changes, that can expedite the process of a player breaking out as a young guy. So... Uh, all that to be said, I've got a bunch of players that are high rises, high fallers, but there are also lots of other little changes that I've made that won't be reflected in today's podcast. So if you want to get every single ranking, go over to ballboysnba.com, pick up a platinum subscri- subscription. You'll get my in-season projections throughout the entire season, and you will also get my dynasty projections and dynasty rankings updated throughout the season. After the trade deadline, after the season finishes, uh, you'll actually get it all the way through to the... Um, NBA draft. When that drops, we'll also be going through our re, uh, re, sorry, not redraft, our dynasty rookie rankings. Um, so there'll be extra 
content for those who want to be uh, a part of that for the entire season. It's a one-time payment. Uh, so even if you miss the draft stuff and you're a dynasty man- manager and you're deep into your dynasty teams, you can get some value out of that um, even into next season's dynasty drafts and rookie drafts and all that kind of jazz. So without rambling on more than I have to, because I already wasted, not wasted, but spent a whole video going on longer than I thought, let's get into... The biggest rises, now I've split this up into two parts, so there'll be some more rises coming up on the screen here in a second for those watching on YouTube, but let's talk about the players that I have risen up my rankings. Now, the first name, um, I've got Chet Holmgren here as a riser. He has risen up five spots. Now, in Chet Holmgren's draft class, I had him as a clear number one rookie in both real life, but especially in Dynasty. He has risen up five spots, and before he was uh, ranked in the teens, I now see him, in a Dynasty sense, as a top 10 Dynasty asset. I just, everything that I expected and hoped Chet would be has happened so far, and it's kind of the case of, you know, you know what he can do, but you've got to see it, and we hadn't seen it yet for Chet, and he has delivered on everything that I expected him to do. He surpassed a few of my expectations, particularly with his three-point shooting and his free-throw percentage. It is early, and percentages have a long time to average out, but his free-throw percentage is better than what I thought. He's scoring more, and he's hitting a higher volume than threes than I particularly expected. His rim protection is just as elite as I thought, and he just looks like an absolute monster. So he's actually moved up ahead of... Um, And again, I'll do this for most of the players, but he's ahead of players like Trey Young, Cade Cunningham, Giannis, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I've got ahead, uh, Chet ahead of them. Just because, obviously, he's young. He's 21 years old, and he just looks like the kind of player, and I've tweeted this out, he looks like the kind of player that I believe to be the future of the NBA. Um, Now, I don't want to get this twisted because I had some people argue with me, and that's what Twitter happens on Twitter, but... I believe that the more kind of these quote-unquote unicorn centers come into the NBA, the more essential they will be on championship-level teams. Players like Wemby, players like Chet, players like um, even an Evan Mobley to a lesser extent because he doesn't quite have the shooting touch. But think of next year's draft, um, Alex Saar. Um, these players coming into the NBA, I believe, are going to be the next... Um, I don't know about fad, or, or but the next thing. Right now, it's it's uh, three and D wings, it's switchable forwards, and all that kind of things. But I think these unicorn centers are really what teams are going to want um, because of their ability to impact the defensive side of the court. They are players that can work within a team structure. They don't necessarily need the ball in their hands like the high-usage guards, but they definitely can create their own shots. They're less affected by defense. They also um, can space the floor, vertical uh, spaces as well. They can move the ball well. And I just think that Chet fits that box so well. Look, I could have him higher. It is like some of the guys ahead of him are players like Joel Embiid, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Jason Tatum. So it's a tough crowd to crack into for a first-year player. But I do believe that if we fast-forward 12 months, I could see him ahead of Anthony Edwards. Just from a fantasy point of view, he just has a more complete fantasy game. I could see him ahead of Joel Embiid as someone who, you know, is eight years older than him. Um, Shay, Jason Tatum, that's starting to get a bit a little bit tough now. But there is a scenario that in 12 months' time, he's a top six, top five dynasty asset. Right now, I have him in the top 10, and I feel quite comfortable about that. 
Let's talk about Tyrese Maxey, who is one of the biggest risers for me. He is up 23 spots, and he lands himself comfortably inside the top 20 Closing in on the top 15 um, dynasty rankings for me, he was someone that I had um, more towards the mid to late 30s in rankings before. Now, before the season, last time I updated these rankings, the James Harden trade had not happened. We expected the trade to happen, but we also didn't know who was coming back. And obviously, that trade has gone down now. No guards of note, or no guards at all, have come back in the deal. And also Tyrese Maxey's just improved more than I thought that he would. I've always been a fan of his. I've always liked the fact that he can score efficiently. Um, sometimes people might remember me two years ago pushing up back against him, but that does not mean that I wasn't a fan of his. I always thought he's really good. And he's still only just about to turn 23 years old. Um, and... He has improved this season. He's improved his assist making. His assists have risen with his turnovers basically staying the same. He's also doing a lot better on the defensive stat side of the court. Now, I do believe that that is a lot of small sample size, but he's already blocked more shots this season than he did last season. And again, you're not drafting Maxi for, for blocks, but just in terms of his overall value, you go from 0.2 blocks to 0.4. It's a massive change in your, in your fantasy ranking. So to me, he is comfortably a top... Uh, 20. Again, I'll read some names that are around him. I've got him ahead of a Darius Garland. I've got him ahead of a Devin Booker, which I don't know. You might disagree with that, but I, I he's, what is he? Four years younger than Devin Booker. And you could say that they're quite similar. Maybe in this iteration of the Suns, Devin Booker's assists might be a little bit higher, but his turnovers might also be equally higher. So I do think that I've just favoured Tyrese Maxey ahead of a Devin Booker because he's four years younger. Um, I see them actually quite similarly. I've got him ahead of a Donovan Mitchell. Um, He's just behind, again, completely different players, but he's just behind an Evan Mobley and Jaron Jackson Jr. But you could easily make the argument that if you wanted to start your team or or get an elite scoring guard, he could leapfrog Mobley, Jackson, even a Giannis at this stage because of... I mean, they're very different players, um, but I could easily see an argument to get him all the way up to sort of the top 13, top 12 dynasty assets because he looks like a legitimate star in the NBA. And who knows if Evan, uh, sorry, um, uh, Joel Embiid is moved and he will obviously be moved at some point, obviously with him being seven years older than Tyrese Maxey. Eventually Maxey will inherit this team and he will be, in my opinion, a top 10 dynasty or te- top 10 redraft asset and it might not be that far away. So I have moved him up a lot. Alperen Shangun has also moved up a lot. There were a lot of questions going into the season about how the coach would view him. And so far, what I've seen is positive. It's all very positive. He's up 10 spots. And he is knocking on the door in terms of a top 20 dynasty asset. Um, I just think that we are going to see the higher end outcome for Alperen Shangun. He is still only 21 years old. Again, interesting players that are around him. I've got him one spot higher than DeMontis Sabonis, and he obviously gets compared to Sabonis a lot. I think that he could even this season outpace Sabonis. He, um, I believe he's a better player. I, I do. I think Sabonis is a good fantasy player. He gets a lot of assists, but the type of passing that Shengun demonstrates 
in my opinion, has already surpassed a player like Sabonis. Sabonis gets a lot of good. Uh, they run a lot through him. But in my opinion, his passing is much more simple. It's handoffs. It's simple reads. He makes the right decision. Great decision maker. But I think Shengun has that better ability to pass players open, if that makes sense. Now, what I would still want to see with Shengun is that increased ability to space the floor, shoot threes, even just at like a semi-respectable level. We haven't quite seen that yet. But... The ability for him to stay out on the court with the Rockets' defense looking a lot better on the perimeter was something that I hoped would uh, enable him to get those heavy minutes that he needs. And so far, that has happened. And as someone who's been a big Shengun believer since his draft year, I believe we're going to be seeing the higher-end outcome for his um, you know, outlook this season. And I think we're going to see that um, for a few seasons. It's going to be hard for me for Shengun to get much higher than this, though, because you know, you got... Really elite players above him. Scotty Barnes, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Darius Garland, Tyrese Maxey we talked about before, Evan Mobley. All these players are ahead of him. And I don't know how much higher he can push than this. But I do believe 21 years old, he probably is a top 40 player this season with the potential to be a top 30 player. Uh, I just think that we are... I mean... He, there is. I'm still not ruling out. Like I don't think he'll get there, but like we can't rule out a Jokic level, maybe slightly condensed because Jokic is a Hall of Famer and just you know fantasy beast. But but a slightly toned down version of a uh, a Jokic type game for him, and he has ascended. Scotty Barnes, who I mentioned, he is actually one place higher than Alperen Sengun. He is up 18 spots to me. Just the improved ability to play at a high usage level. Um, his defensive stats have really, really, well, not surprised me, but they've definitely taken a step forward where they hadn't done in the past. We always kind of, going back to his draft year, that was his big thing, is the defensive stats. Wow, these defensive stats, like the Draymond Green comparisons uh, with maybe some more usage was always the thing with Scotty Barnes, but they hadn't quite um, translated until now. And if that can continue... I've got him right on the bubble of a top 20 dynasty asset, which he kind of was after his rookie year, but then he took a step back because obviously we were a little disappointed. Um, now, maybe that was a mistake in, in in a lot of dynasty or my particular ranking system. Maybe I should have had him up a bit higher and I'll, I'll put my hand up to that. Um, but he's back up at that top 20 zone. Again, it's interesting to see where he goes from here. Um, he's kind of that player where I, I have a little bit of trouble projecting how he improves. Maybe it's the three-point shot. Maybe it's a little bit more of that. um, Because he's playmaking, but he's not playmaking like what I would call a true point guard. It's definitely more of that point forward, which of itself is very, very valuable. But I think if he can get that three-point shooting and just continue to scale up the scoring and the usage a little bit more, he could be someone that enters sort of that top 15, top 12 discussion eventually. Right now, though, I've got him around that 20 mark. And then to finish out this screen on YouTube, uh, I've got the Thompson Twins, both Thompson Twins rising in value. Now, um, Asar, it's a little bit more obvious. We've seen him just hit the ground running. But I've also increased and put up Amen Thompson. Now, Amen hasn't done anything, really. He He's injured right now as well. But what I'm seeing from Asar is exactly what Amen can do. He just hasn't had the opportunity yet. And we've always known that. Like, it's always been, okay, in Dynasty, it's Amen first. In Redraft, it's Asar first. So... 
That hasn't changed. It's been exactly as we predicted. Now, the gap between them has definitely changed. In fact, in my rankings, I have them back-to-back. So I have them right next to each other. Amen has the higher ceiling upside. He has the ability to run a bit more of the playmaking, primary ball-handling responsibility on a team that doesn't have someone like Cade Cunningham. He hasn't had the opportunity yet, and his pathway to minutes is a little bit cloudier than someone like Asar, when you've got Fred Van Vliet, when you've got Jalen Green on your team as well. But I still believe that Amen has the highest ceiling. So I have him one spot ahead of Asar, but prior to that, there was a 13 ranking difference. So now they've Asar's obviously closed the gap. Um, I have them on the door of top 40 dynasty assets, and, and that actually might still be too low, to be honest, because there's a real opportunity that Asar kind of gets close to there this season. The thing with Asar is, um, like, he's playing mid-30s in minutes. He's playing huge minutes, which is more than I thought he would at the start of the season. I thought he would maybe be battling for that final roster spot. Oh, sorry, that final starting roster spot and playing high 20s. He's blown past that. There's been a few injuries that have helped him get there and some kind of troubling uh, quotes from the coach saying that, he, you know, you know, if, Bo, if Boyan was there, maybe he wouldn't be starting. However, I've been a huge fan of both the Thompson twins since um, their draft. I had Asar number three in my uh, rankings for just regular NBA. I believed in his shot a little bit more. But when it comes to fantasy basketball, the assist upside for a man still, I think, trumps Asar. But, um, yeah, huge improvements. And again, I've got them on the knocking on the door of the top 40. I do believe that that could even be a bit low. Um, but we do have to remember that the stuff we've seen early in the season, there's still a lot to play out. There's a few guys that are maybe struggling behind them that can leapfrog them when it comes to redraft rankings. And they do still have their issues when it comes to percentages and turnovers and lack of threes and things like that. But incredible, incredible fantasy upside. I think both of these players can reach top 20 quite comfortably. If everything comes together, these guys could be top 10 fantasy assets if the stars align. Amazing potential. I think Amen is the number one asset for the Houston Rockets just from a basketball perspective. Um, Asar, I wouldn't go as far to say that because you do have Cade Cunningham there and even another player that I have bumped up slightly in Jalen Duran. But I think in Detroit, it's it's those three. They're, they're the core. They're the future. That's the foundation of the team. For the Houston Rockets, I do believe it's Amen Thompson. It's um, Alperen Shangun, and it's probably Jabari Smith. Jalen Green, well, maybe we'll discuss a bit of him later, but I do think that those guys are worthy of rising up. Let's look at the next group here of risers. As we just mentioned, Jalen Duran has gone up 11 spots in my rankings. I've always been a big Jalen Duran fan. Now, he got off to a hot start. He's had a little bit of trouble since then with foul trouble and things like that, but I've still seen enough to go what I was thinking and projecting about him moving forward is there. He, he is still so, so young. He's only just turned 20. And so he is right on, like, right around that Amen Thompson, Asal Thompson level inside or, or about that top 40 zone in Dynasty ranking. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I see an ability for him to be a monster, monster rebounder. I think the blocks have the potential to rise up to that 1.2, 1.3 level for a long time. The passing, we've seen glimpses of the passing so far this season, and I love it. I love seeing that playmaking ability from him, and I think that that is something that they can unlock even more of that moving forward. Detroit has a lot of fun playmakers on this team outside of a Cade Cunningham, so I really think that, that the more we see of that, and the less we see of him trying to be shoehorned next to someone like an Isaiah Stewart, um, I I think that's going to unlock more of his potential. If you get a shooter alongside like a floor space at the four and you've got, you know, I mean, I don't know who's at the two anymore because I, Ivy will talk about later, but you've got Cade, you've got Asar on the wing, um, and then you've got Durin. If you have a couple of more floor spaces out there at the two and the four, then I think Durin's rebound rate can even go higher. His block rate can go even higher. His field goal percentage is going to remain super strong. The assists and playmaking is there. He's just a beast. And I think that he is someone that has perennial top 40, top 30 upside, um, especially in punt threes and, and maybe punt free throw builds as well. Jalen Johnson of everyone on this list is the second highest riser. Now, I've been a big Jalen Johnson fan for a long time. He was, I I believe, highly ranked in my pre-rankings, but he has just exceeded my expectations in terms of just immediate production. I thought that um, there was a chance for him to enter the starting lineup, but he has looked so good and so by far and clear away the best of those three players in terms of Sadiq Bay and DeAndre Hunter. To me, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. So he has actually risen up 54 spots. He was outside the top 100 just last time, but he is actually inside my top 70 when it comes to dynasty rankings. Again, I could argue to push him up higher. He's under 22 years old. I think everything he's doing is just the beginning. I had him as a top 10 uh, rookie uh, ranking on in his draft year. It's taken a couple of seasons to get there, but everything that he's doing right now, I think that can continue. And the biggest thing for him is how well he can, can he continue to keep improving his shooting? Can he be someone that shoots 35% from three for an entire season? Is he someone that, you know, you're not going to worry about spacing issues when he's out there on the court? Because if that is the case, his defensive numbers, his assist numbers, his efficient scoring is all something that is very valuable, and he could easily smash through the top 50 dynasty rankings sooner rather than later. As someone who, before this season, you could have got fairly cheap, now not going to be the case. I think in most people's rankings, he would have risen up, but in mine, he's gone up 54 spots. Just to name a few players around his level, He's actually surpassed some players like Brandon Ingram, Jalen Green, Bradley Beal, some of the older guys in Drew Holiday and DeMar DeRozan. He's next to some other younger players in uh, Mark Williams, Tyler Hero, 
around that sort of a spot. Shaden Sharp, who's another riser, which I didn't mention here, um, he still just clears him in my rankings. So in that kind of range where you've got some young guys, you've got some old guys, um, you can kind of pick your poison in that sort of a spot. The next player here, Bulal Kulabali, is someone who's risen up a little bit. He's gone up 18 ranks in my um, boards. I was always very high on him, so... um, He's gone to, I think from where I had him, he was just around that 120, 125 zone. He's gone up to close to the top 100, not quite getting there. We haven't necessarily seen it on the stat sheet yet, but what I'm super encouraged about is the opportunity that he's getting early. I thought he was going to be someone that we'd have to be more patient on. And like we said, we haven't seen it yet, but the mere fact that he is getting the opportunity this early in the season the on-court ability for him on the defensive end is extremely encouraging to me. Rookies usually don't come in and play good defense like Bilal is. And he is someone who's still 19 years old. And I think that there is still extreme offensive upside in a player like this. He reminds me of, and this is going to sound crazy, but his upper end outcome, I actually believe is something like a Giannis in the way that if you go back to Giannis's rookie season, he was like, he came in as this scrawny, lanky kid. Now that's the upper end outcome. And I don't believe that gets there. But if you just think of that type of frame, that type of build of a player, the playmaking, lanky, good defender, that's how Giannis came into the league. And Bilal reminds me a little bit of that. Um, maybe it's a bit of international bias or something like that. But I do believe that as this guy feels out, as he gets a bit more comfortable handling the ball, shooting the ball a little bit better, that he has that potential to improve. And that, I won't even say that kind of trajectory, but that kind of path in terms of him getting better. And I thought we were going to be well behind. Uh, but he is ahead of schedule, in my opinion. So he, to me, is someone that is knocking on the door of top 100 dynasty value. Uh, Derek Lively, similar kind of story. I just think that he is ahead of schedule to what I expected him to be. He already is clearly, in my opinion, the best center option for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, he's had his ups and downs, but the framework is there. The blocks, the high field goal percentage, the rebounding, um, and he just looks comfortable out there. He kind of knows his role. I don't think you're ever going to see a super high ceiling for a player like this. But again, those players that can provide you just really consistent big man stats. He's still 19 years old. Um, and when you're playing alongside guys like um, uh, Luka Doncic, who's going to be able to find you when you're in the right spots, I think that's a very, very positive sign. And I think that in this team, he's going to have that role pretty secure for a number of years. Again, I don't think he's got the upside to really smash into the top 40 like a Jalen Duran, like those other guys that just have other skill sets in terms of their playmaking and just elite maybe offensive game potential. I don't think Lively has that, but kind of like Walker Kessler did last year, but maybe to a lesser extent, his block rate isn't as strong. Um, He just fits that classic big man stat um, to the T. And again, just ahead of schedule. The final guy here that's up 75 spots, the highest jump out of all of my rankings is Cam Thomas. Now, he is someone that I have historically been quite down on. So he is up 75 spots. He was actually close to the 170th ranked player on my dynasty rankings, which looking back obviously was too low, but... He has jumped inside my top 100 dynasty rankings. Now, you still might think that that is too low for a player like Cam Thomas, and I am open to being wrong here. Some people would have him sort of top 60, top 50. Um, Obviously, he's got off to an absolute heater. 
The risk here in overreacting to a player like this is the small sample size. There's been injuries on the squad. They've been doing okay, but they haven't been absolutely tearing teams apart. Um, The fact still remains that Cam Thomas is a guy who can score. He gets to the free throw line a lot. He hits some threes. He's not an elite three-point shooter, but that's about it. He lacks still in the rebounds, assists, steals, blocks department. He won't ever develop that, I don't think. But the scoring ability is undeniable. Whether or not that ability is good enough to make it something that teams are willing to live with his other deficiencies is yet to be seen over a longer sample size, but I'm at least now a lot more willing to hear that argument than I was before. Um, So again, I've moved him ahead of other scoring young players, such as he's ahead of a Benedict Matherin for me. He's ahead of like an Austin Reeves. Um... Some other young players like Emmanuel Quickly, I've moved him ahead of. I've even got him ahead of someone like a Keegan Murray just because of that sheer scoring upside. And if he is someone that can score 25 points per game over the next sort of six to seven years, then that is extremely valuable. I'm more willing to listen to that conversation now than I was previously because at least so far, he's had uh, more often than not an ability to do that efficiently, which I think he hadn't really shown before other than just getting extremely hot. Um... I think I spoke about this on one of the recap shows, but there was a game where he shot poorly, but still played a high level of minutes. And he's still in the second half after starting, I think it was one for 10 or something like that. He still got his usage in the second half, which to me is very encouraging that the team is at least willing to live with the nights there. He's not on and they're not pulling him out of the lineups. As soon as he has a poor game, they're willing to ride the ups and downs with him and let him work through it, which to me is more encouraging than the nights that he's going off and scoring when he's just shooting the absolute lights out of the ball. Um, so to me, I have moved him up more than any other player in my dynasty rankings. Uh, I'll give you the ranking. He's at 96 right now. Some of you might think that's too low, and I'm willing to be wrong on that. But I just, again, small sample size. I try not to be too... I don't want to pull the trigger too quickly, but again, in saying that, I've moved him up 75 spots. I know, obviously, I was probably too low on him before. Let's talk about some guys who have fallen. Now, one of my favorite players in the NBA I have moved down, and that is Josh Giddy. He has moved down 14 spots, and the start to the season from him has been concerning, more concerning than I thought it would have been. I expected a hit to his rebounds, but... We've also seen a bit of a hit to his minutes and his usage with someone like Jalen Williams taking another step forward. Sometimes they're even favoring someone like a Kaysan Wallace over him or Kaysan Wallace. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, but that is a little bit concerning. Now, I still think that he's right around the top 50 for me. Um, I still think that he is someone that his unique stat set is extremely valuable. The solid rebounds, the good field goal percentage. And again, he's shooting poorly right now, but I do think that corrects itself. Um, The great assist numbers are still valuable. His lack in defensive stats can sometimes affect his ranking a lot more than I think it actually impacts what I would typically view his value as because he is still one of the best playmakers in the NBA. That hasn't gone anywhere. And he is also still only 21 years old. So... There's still a lot of room for improvement here, but the jump shot really hasn't come along. Um, the ability, he's getting to the free throw line a little bit more and shooting a slightly better percentage, which is a little bit encouraging. Um, and I think when the field goal percentage corrects himself, that points will start to come back up. But he is someone that has slid down because I had have hoped to see more progression from him than I've seen so far. And also the 
progression from others in his team has elevated more than I expected, and that's come at the cost of a Josh Kitty. So he's down a little bit here, as is the next guy here who... Yeah, I um, look, I'm willing to admit that I've been pretty wrong so far on um, Jordan Poole. Now, I had him higher in redraft leagues than I did in dynasty leagues, even though he's only 24 years old, because I thought that this season of all season, he was going to have the keys, he was going to have the green light. But even in this season where he has... Everything is there for him to succeed. I know it's early, but it hasn't looked like that that's come off. So he is someone who's dropped down actually 30 spots in my rankings. I still think he's a solid player. I am not the kind of person here that is going to say that Jordan Poole is trash, which a lot of people do believe. I still actually think that Jordan Poole is a good NBA player. He's a very talented scorer. He is someone that gets a lot of flack for some things that he tries to do, which is out of control. Then obviously those things are not good. But in a team where he was on a Golden State Warriors team when he was the sixth man off the bench, averaging 30 minutes, he averaged 20 points, hit nearly three threes, got four or five assists, and got to the free throw line a lot. So he has the ability to, even in a role not optimized for him, still be a very valuable fantasy player. So this would actually be, in my eyes, because I've got him around the 70th ranked mark for Dynasty Leagues, this could actually be a buy-low opportunity for Jordan Poole because... A lot of people have just written him off as this bad NBA player and not a player that doesn't contribute to winning. But I just don't, I simply just don't think that that's the case. He was one of the top five players on a championship Warriors team. Now, you can look at that a certain few ways, but I still believe that this guy can contribute to winning. He can still contribute to winning in your fantasy basketball league. However, he has moved down my roster spot, 30 spots. Again, he's down near the 70s mark. I still have him ahead of someone like Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan, some older guys. Um, I do have him now behind. I had a tough, t- a tough time flipping between Jalen Green and him, both players that I view a little bit similarly. I still favor Jordan Poole's game, but his overall talent, I have a little bit behind Jalen Green. Um you know, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Johnson, which we mentioned before in the rises, has come over the top of a Jordan Poole. But I still think that he's a top 75 at least dynasty asset. And some people might just view him as a bad NBA player. You might actually be able to buy low. So I've moved him down. But let me know what you think in the comments below. Have I moved him far enough? Uh, Robert Williams, season-ending surgery. He's down 48 spots. It just looks like he's going to be someone that struggles to stay healthy. And obviously, the trade over to... Um, the Portland Trailblazers hurt his value as well, which I did take into account a little bit in my initial rankings, but he is now someone that I view outside the top 150, top 160 range for Dynasty Leagues just because of the fact that his body is not helping him. Um, he still is an elite per game or per minute producer, but he's out for the rest of the season on a team where it's not clear about where he's going to go. He was someone that at his ceiling was like top 40 Dynasty rankings, He's had a wild ride these last few seasons, Um, so it is a bit of a shame, but he is down. Another Williams, Patrick Williams, is down a fair way. I just, I'm nearly ready to call quits on someone like a Patrick Williams. He's still only 22 years old, but it's his fourth year in the NBA. He's had the opportunity so far, and he hasn't done anything with it. He's been demoted to the bench already this season. So he's down 40 spots, but despite being a young player, I'm just starting to become pretty out on Patrick Williams. Uh, so he, again, is sort of outside that top 160 dynasty rankings mark. Um, Gary Trent, similar kind of story. Just I've been, I was down on him already, but he is now well down in my rankings again. 
demoted to the bench and looking even worse than I predicted despite being someone who was lower on Gary Trent. The shot has not been going in. Uh, The steals are down. Everything just seems to be down for him. And I think this is going to be his role in the future for his NBA career despite, again, being younger than 25 years old. I think this is more of what we can expect from him. Obi Toppin is also down another 45 spots. He had the starting role, and I was willing to kind of go, okay, let's see what he can do with it. I think in my notes I said he has the starting role, but I expect that to be gone. And and there was an opportunity that if he, he got the starting role and he ran away with it, then he could have some really good value. He has not run away with it, and I think it's pretty clear to say that he is someone that just won't ever really do much for fantasy basketball. So he's actually ranked outside the top 200 for me. And a similar story for Javon Carter. When I made these rankings um, the first time, there was a chance that he was sort of the starting guard, uh, maybe six men off the bench, and he just hasn't done that. So he, he is well down 31 spots. I never really expected him to... You know, see that as a long-term thing, but if he can't do it now, he is someone, again, outside the top 200, top 220 for me. So he is just someone that has fallen down my rankings. Those are the biggest movers. Um, but again, there's lots of other players that have shuffled around just with other players moving ahead of them. So lots of other changes. I've just tried to highlight the guys that have moved the most or at least are the most interesting to discuss moving forward. But let me know down in the comment section below, are there anyone that in your eyes has changed the most since the start of the season in terms of their value? What do you guys think about the top of the draft? How high would you take Wemby? I think just before the season started, after the preseason, I moved him up to number two in my dynasty rankings, and he is still sitting there. And another player we didn't talk about in terms of fallers was Luka Doncic, has actually moved down to number four for me, which at his highest was number two in my rankings. He is now down at number four with Tyrese Halliburton and Victor Wembenyama taking over his spot. Jokic is still sitting there, but I do believe the gap between Jokic and those other two players is not as big as you might think. And I am open to maybe, you know, sooner rather than later, moving him off that top spot. And I do believe that Halliburton and Wemby are the the two players vying for that number one spot around him as well. So let me know what you think down in the comments section below if you're watching over on YouTube. If you appreciate the Dynasty content, would love if you guys give me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you are listening, or both. If you've got both apps on your phone, go and give me a rating over there. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Give this video a big thumbs up. We're going to be going through the Wednesday slate of games very soon for redraft. So give us a follow and look out for that one and I'll see you guys next time. Bye! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.